Welcome to the podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. My name is Amanda Lise Love, and I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with those with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Sherry. Sherry, welcome to the show. Hi, Amanda. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you. So I want to know, what is your backstory of how you got into what you're doing today? Sure. Well, so I am a uh, traditionally trained doctor. I actually um, trained in um, trained uh, not, uh, conventionally in podiatry and podiatric surgery for many years. And early on in my career, I got very interested in why certain people would heal and other people lingered with their chronic conditions um, over a much more extended time with the same types of treatments and protocols. And so while I was doing surgery, it was really leading me to want to understand healing on a deeper level. Like why do some people heal and other people uh, either take a very long time or stay in a, a chronic state of pain or inflammation? So I started exploring many different avenues for myself um, in the world of holistic medicine and all the different variety of modalities that were out there. And so I started studying with um, different teachers and different um, healing modalities. And I got very into nutrition early on. Um, I started studying hypnosis and essential oils and hands-on healing. Um, you name it. I mean, so many modalities, craniosacral therapy, reflexology. And so I really started gathering tools for my tool bag per se, and to see what I could bring into my practice. Um, at the same time, I was also uh, dealing with some of my own health conditions. I was diagnosed early on with um, irritable bowel syndrome, and I had some chronic back and neck pain as well. Um, and then I was diagnosed early on with endometriosis and, um, and along the way I got diagnosed with uh, Lyme disease. So uh, the symptoms and, and the pain in my body started to build up pretty significantly. And um, that's really what led me to really veer off on a different path of, you know, I was studying functional medicine and I was working with the whole body and uh, just addressing much more than, you know, a person came in with a foot and ankle issue, had a million other problems that they didn't sleep well, their digestion was poor, they had pain in other joints of their body. So it just became like, we can't just focus on one area, we have to look at the body as a whole. Um, and I got pretty into mind body um, and spiritual modalities as well to just kind of tap into all the different aspects of, of of a being to try to help get to the root of what the issue was and, and um, to help bring that person back into a state of balance. So that's really what led me in a completely different path to what I started training in. That's great that you decided to do that. Um, do you, with the root cause, what, what do you find people need to do with that? Well, um, you know, there's so many variables when it comes to um, what's going on in somebody's body and, and their life as a whole. Um, obviously, stress is a really big piece that, we're, that 
most are dealing with and even more, more so now. Um, but what I have come to understand from my own healing and, and my patients that I work with um, is there is a high level of toxicity in most people's bodies that they're not always aware of because we do live in a, a toxic world. And uh, there are toxic heavy metals and pesticides and herbicides and fungicides. And um, the list goes on about the toxicity of what we're exposed to in pharmaceuticals and all types of things. And then on top of that, there's um, this whole other world of viruses that we're actually all dealing with right now, but that dealing with viral and bacterial pathogens as a root cause to many of the chronic conditions that people walk around with that medicine is just not um, alerted to. And this came into my world back in more deeply. I knew about it, but not to the level until 2015 when I met Anthony William, who really introduced me um, and helped me uncover the root cause of a lot of what was going on for me and just set me down this new pathway rabbit hole of really understanding viruses, neurotoxins, and dermatoxins, and how that is the root cause behind many of our chronic conditions that we deal with today, whether it be eczema, psoriasis, whether it be endometriosis or polycystic ovary disease, or even fibromyalgia, or um, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, um, you know, MS, Alzheimer's. There's, there's so many components that are really missed from in the medical world. And I usually do see people who have gone to, you know, five, seven, eight doctors and functional medicine, all types of specialists that usually, and they may get a little bit of success, but it never seems to fully heal the issue. So um, I work with my patients today with uh, food, food as medicine, diet, and certain supplements and, um, you know, the mental emotional aspect of things and, and all of those components of helping people to um, really get to the root and clear these issues once and for all. Yeah, you sound like me, it's not, do you find people just wanna focus on one area and you have to tell them, oh, you have multiple areas to focus on? Yeah, you know, um, it can be overwhelming for somebody, but we try to start in a more simple fashion for somebody to see where they're at, um, really get a sense of where somebody is and where they feel, where they're stuck and what is their biggest symptom and kind of address what, Usually people have multiple symptoms and, but working on what feels the most difficult to work on that piece first, but how starting to teach people how everything is interrelated so that their migraines might be connected to, you know, um, other issues that are going on in their body, whether they have TMJ or, you know, chronic back pain, that there's a lot of things that are just very interrelated. And when you can explain that to somebody and help them to see how all these parts are connected, then, you know, they understand it a little bit more. So I'm, I'm very um, 
focused on a lot on nutrition, not nutrition, um, of course, nutrition, but on helping people to really um, educate them. So if you educate your patient or your client um, to really what's going wrong, um, not just saying to do this, do that, and the other thing, but if they really start to understand on a deeper level, you're, they find more about why they're doing this and they're more apt to stick with it to understand the why. Yeah, and I think people need to know the why they're doing something. Yes, absolutely, because they won't stick with it if they don't. So they have to find what their why is as well so that they, you know, it's just so easy to get thrown off your path in in so many ways. I mean, if you're trying to make dietary changes for yourself and let's say your partner or your family members are not um, and you're exposed to, you know, all kinds of other things in your social environment, it's, it's a lot harder to stay, to stay on course. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I think that's true. So you have to realize, oh, I'm feeling better because I'm doing, I'm taking better care of myself. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you don't always feel better right away. That That's no. a big issue. So, you know, keeping people engaged and, and, and having hope and faith is really, really important. And I mean, it really helps that I've been through my own horrendous pain in my own life and have dealt with different chronic issues so that I really can identify and I know what they're going through. Um, I know what it's like to feel defeated and um, get lost in the, in the mix and, and be searching for answers. So, um, yeah, I mean, when you work with patients or clients, you need to be able to like, you know, connect on, on a certain level and also inspire them and give them hope that they can keep going. And there's a lot of coaching involved for sure. That's true. And it's interesting. You mentioned, um, TMJ, because mm-hmm. I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like people, a lot of people with fibromyalgia have that, but they don't know about it. They don't know about the condition or they don't realize it's connected. Well, I, like, I wasn't, I didn't know, I hadn't heard about it until somebody said to me, um, oh, you, I had all this popping in the ear and, and then the other ear would have pain and I and they're like, well, maybe you should get your hearing checked. And my hearing was perfectly fine. And then the hearing place is like, oh, maybe you should go to a TMJ specialist. And I didn't know what that was. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So now I'm assuming you do know a little bit more about TMJ and how that can cause a variety of different symptoms in the jaw. Usually people are grinders. I'm a grinder. Yeah. So, um, and um that how that's connected is really the root cause of that is viral. And it's most oftenly the shingles virus. So um, these are low grade viruses that like all these herpetic viruses that kind of hang out in the body and get triggered at different times during stress or environmental toxins or foods that we eat. So Mm -hmm. viruses are very triggered and can like get inflamed or start like proliferating in your body through foods like eggs and dairy, which a lot of people don't realize. So 
those types of foods can actually feed a virus. So bugs eat and they, it can feed that issue. So, um, so these herpetic viruses, which so many people have, I mean, most people do have 90% of the population have Epstein-Barr, one of the varieties of Epstein-Barr, and there are many. So um, shingles is, is fairly common. It, you don't need to have a rash and um, it can affect the nerve roots. It, it latches on to the different nerves that are affected in the body. So that's kind of connected to all of the neurological issues that we, that we deal with, whether it be like your phrenic nerve or your vagus nerve or your sciatic nerve or your tibial nerve in your leg. And so um, these are, these become very, very problematic and go run under the radar because you can't test for them. Like you can't go to a doctor and necessarily test for shingles because you can test for like the shingles that they test for. But is, since there's over 30 varieties of shingles, um, which is something that um, Anthony William brought to the forefront, you can't test for them. The, the, the blood labs are not, and the science isn't there yet. So you can walk around with these low-grade viruses and just not know that you have it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And that's funny, you, you said eggs and dairy, because I those were pretty high when I was actually tested for food sensitivities, and I found out I had to get rid of those, yep. along with the gluten and the soy. Yep, yep. They are, the, those are big offenders, the the dairy, the eggs, the gluten, the soy, the corn, you know, canola oil is another big one. Um, vinegar is another big one that people don't realize. Um, there are, you know, uh, reading labels because natural flavors, MSG, all of those things are triggers. And so what you do is you need to look through your life and look at what's triggering, you know, what may be triggering, um, a flare in my body. Yeah. And I, and I feel like we think it's maybe one time we might think it's gluten, but then we don't, then we might cheat. And I always tell people, well, you really have to stay off of it for a while to see how your body is going to do. You really do. Because you know what, you, you do one little bite of something and that actually can stay in your body for a period of two weeks. So you don't, it's not always that immediate reaction of something you ate. Sometimes there's much more of a delayed and it gets confusing because you don't know what's triggering what. Exactly. And I think, I think I tell people it might be gluten, but you might have to go off the other foods too. I think people just think it's the gluten and it's such a big thing right now. It is, it is. And, and people don't necessarily want to give up their eggs, you know, so that's a tough one to get people to, to let go of. But, you know, I find in my practice when people take out these like offending foods that it really can make a huge difference, but they, they do have to stick with it. And it's not simple, but it's teaching people how to eat differently and how to find, you know, foods that they can work with. And, and I, when I work with patients, I, they get a welcome pack and they get a lot of different recipes and a lot of, you know, support with how to figure out a new way of eating. That's probably the hardest for people is how to prepare meals and how to combine foods and, and how to find a new way to eat. 
I think, I mean, it's, it's crazy though, that how big going gluten-free has become in the last like 10 years. But you know, it's not the gluten that's the problem, right? Yeah. It's, it's what it feeds. So yeah. that's why it, it's not necessarily like everybody's allergic to, to gluten. It's like gluten is feeding um, a viral pathogen or bacterial pathogen in your body where somebody has SIBO, which is strep. And so, you know, all these gut issues, whether it's colitis or Crohn's, um, these are have a root cause. So it's not just that it's a, a weed issue. It's what's under, underneath it all. Yeah. I think we need to look at what we're eating and see if that's really serving us or, but if we're getting the daily headaches or migraines or whatever, we need to really look at our food choices. Yes, we, we really do. And, um, it's not, if there's food is emotional. I always say it's food is very, very emotional and people are very attached to what they eat and they don't necessarily want to change, um, especially when they're under an enormous amount of stress in their life that you go towards those comfort foods. But, you know, I think the people that are more willing to change are the ones that are at their wits end, you know, um, and they just want to find an answer and they want to feel better. And so, um, you know, for me, that's where it was for me. I was just in so much pain that I just, it didn't matter what you told me to do. I just, and I tried so many different, um, ways and, and dietary changes and, and, um, you know, so many of them. And when I finally understood it at its root, and then I changed my diet for that, in that respect, it made like all the difference in the world. And, um, but it's a, it's a process and you don't always change overnight. Sometimes you start to like take out things, you know, gently and carefully and slowly as fast as you're ready to go. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's just having that support system is, is important too. Yeah. I think if you don't, I mean, you have to want to do it for yourself, but it's good if you have like a support system to like help you also. Yeah. I mean, it, it always is easier when you have somebody or people in your world that are, you know, community, whether it be friends or um, not, you know, if family members are not doing what you're doing or they're not on board what you're doing, it's, it is priceless to have community. Um, other like-minded people that are doing what you're doing so that you have somebody to talk to. Yeah. And I think you have to get, like you said, you got to a point where you were in so much pain. You get to a point, you have to get to a point where you're like at a breaking point where you're just like, oh, I'm going to do everything. Yes. To feel better. And that's how I was 10 years ago. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you have to find you know, everybody gets there in a different way. Some people come to it and then they walk away from it and then they come back again when they're more ready. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a process for sure. It's definitely, it is definitely a process. And I think in the beginning you might slip up, but eventually you get to a point where you're feeling better, where you don't want those foods anymore. Correct. You start to, you know, you don't use the cravings start to go away. Your taste buds start to change. And it's a very interesting process going along because we all have food addictions as well. 
And um, we don't always realize that they are addictions. And when you start to, you know, increase your leafy greens per se, and your, you know, all your fruits and vegetables, and you start to, you'll start to crowd out some of those other foods choices that you make. And um, so, you know, they may pop back in here and there, but when you really try, like I try to get people to, who are really not completely ready or all in with it, that we just try to, you know, say, can you do one leafy green salad a day? And, you know, so just trying to increase, you know, some vegetables from in their diet. Um, so people will start to acclimate to that. And when you put some more of these other like nutrient rich, fiber rich, phytochemical rich foods in your body, you, you will start to have less cravings along the way. Yeah. And I like how you said, you're not, you're not like, it's not like taking away all the food. You're just sort of adding in the good stuff and then it's crowding out a little, the bad stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, because it's, it's the hardest thing when you just start, you know, everybody's like, well, what can I eat? There's nothing left for me to eat. So you think you're just being, you know, punished or, or that we're taking all your, your comfort foods away. And, you know, it's really about finding new recipes, finding new foods, and then just adding things in rather than looking at it as everything's being taken away and you do it as quickly or as slowly as you need to. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times people think, oh, it, you might have to do something drastic. It might just be some little baby steps first. It depends on the person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes I just had somebody drinking like a nice tall glass of water with half a lemon when they first wake up in the morning and then that's it. If that's what they can handle, then that's it. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of times people are like, well, that's just one small little step. Well, it's slowly getting you closer to other steps and you have yeah. to start with one thing at a time. Yes, you do. And, and you def and people definitely need to make the time. There's no excuse for that. Yeah, you do. And you know, you're when your lifestyle changes a little bit, it it you have to find the space to create the time for food prep, for shopping, for washing and chopping. And and you know, it's it's just a it's a different way of rather than just like trying to grabbing a sandwich or ordering in, right? It takes a little more conscious effort. It yeah, it takes conscious effort, but the, you don't want those foods anymore. If you were, if people are going to the fast food, they don't, you're not going to crave those foods anymore. You're going to crave the foods at home. Right. Well, that's what we hope, right? You know, that eventually that they start to, there's less, there's less and less cravings along the way so that people can make a better choice. But, you know, like I said, you need that. Why you need the education. You need to understand what's actually going on in your body and you need the support. Yeah. And I, and I think, don't you find people, it, you really, when you start to change your, what you're eating, then you, you see, oh, oh, maybe I'm reaching for that cookie because I was stressed out. Not that I really wanted it. Right. Right. Very true. Very true. Most most of our choices are driven by, you know, some stress or 
our body is, sometimes we don't even feel what's going on in our body because we have a higher toxic load. So we don't know what's actually aggravating our system. And so when we think of food is actually okay for us or supportive, you, you, you don't always know because the body is, is higher in you know, the toxic load that it's carrying. So what do you, like, what's, what do you suggest to people to like, with their toxic load, what can they do for that? Um, well, you know, there's various levels of like cleansing that people can do, but it's just, just changing your diet is, is cleansing in and of itself. Like, so if somebody decides to reduce the animal protein that they're eating, that starts to allow the body to cleanse more deeply. Um, so removing the toxic load becomes like, okay, adding lemon water into your, um, into your day, um, adding more fruits and vegetables, like fruits and vegetables are extremely cleansing foods. So that helps to draw out um, more of the toxins that are in, in your cells. So um, there's different stages that people go and they can do um, various levels of easy cleanses, like saying you can do um, trying to be fat-free until 12 o'clock. So when you lessen the amount of fat in your diet, you can, your body starts in your liver, everything will start to let go. Um, so there's ways of doing small little steps to start to lessen your toxic load. There's also something that I use through, um, which is a, a medical medium tool, which is Anthony Williams' work is the heavy metal detox movie. So that's something that I get people on to start to pull out like um, the different toxins, the heavy metals, radiation, um, sprays, chemicals, like air fresheners, things that we don't realize that build up in our liver over time. So there are different like types of foods, like cilantro is very cleansing and pulls out heavy metals. And so does dulse, which is a sea vegetable. So things like that are, can help the body to lessen its toxic load, starting to eat, choose organic foods. I mean, organic still does have some toxicity at, at times, but um, you know, looking at the choices that you're making there. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very powerful. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer. I'm sure probably some of your listeners have heard about celery juice. Celery yeah. juice is really, really, really healing. Um, it helps to heal your adrenals, your liver, um, your gut. It helps to build up hydrochloric acid so that you break down your food better because a lot of people have very, very weak digestive um, systems. So there's so many things that you can do really to help yourself. That's it. And that's an easy thing for people to do. Very easy. I mean, somewhat easy for some people. I mean, when you start to people to juice, you want them to, you know, buy a juicer, or start juicing, they have to spend, you know, get time go in the morning, they have to create that space for it. Right. Why do you find people have, um, um, you said something about weak digestive systems? Mm -hmm. Why do I think they have weak digestive systems? Yeah. Well, we've overloaded our bodies, you know, with things that um, really destroy our gut in a big way. I mean, 
we're dealing with, we do pick up pathogens along the way. So there are, there is an overgrowth of bacteria in our guts and they're from poor eating choices that also can weaken the digestive process as well. And then stress, stress really does weaken um, the digestive digestion along with the liver and the gallbladder. So we lose our bile reserves, which helps to the liver and helps to feed into how the body um, can break down food. And then what has to happen is the, you, ha you burn out your hydrochloric acid stores when you have this really high fat, high processed um, diet. So you need to restore that. And one of the best ways that I've seen with my patients, how to restore your hydrochloric acid, it's not with supplements, but it's with celery juice. That's interesting. Why, why do people go to the supplements? Why do people, well, that, cause that's what's pushed out there. Usually they want to take a hydrochloric acid pill like betaine or other supplement that's going to help them or digestive enzymes. that's going to help them break down their food. Right. But it's not going to get to the root of the problem. You know, you really, this is purely a dietary change really. And I, I mean, a lot of people have taken pharmaceuticals along the way. Um, and that disrupts your digestive system as well and the ability to break down food. So they go towards either proton pump inhibitors or, you know, for the acid reflux or problems with digestion, but they don't ever, that's another indication of you need to get to the root cause for it. Yeah. And it's, and I think it, it sounds easier to people to take a supplement instead of like working on their diet. Yeah, we are a quick fix, you know, give me a pill and make it go away. And we're just this quick fix society of wanting to make something better yesterday. And, you know, if you say, well, listen, you got to change your diet as opposed to why don't you just take this purple pill or why don't you just take this supplement? People would rather go for the supplement than change the diet. I'm sure you see that. Yeah, I do. And it's interesting. I'm like, well, the supplements, supplements are great, but if your diet's not it right then you can yeah. take many supplements as you want but that's not going to fix anything yeah you're just going to cover it up and cover it over and so and it's also not going to last it's not going to be sustaining over the long haul like you're just not you know you might get feel better for a period of time but if you don't end up changing your diet it's just going to come around again in a, in a slightly different way exactly yeah. So it, it's, you know, it's a commitment and, um, it's, uh, takes time for people to get there. Is there anything else you would like to share? Um, well, I would just say that people who really struggle with whatever chronic condition that they're dealing with and that they have been doctor to doctor, and they're still searching or they're, they're struggling, I would say that there's always hope and there are always answers and not to give up searching for that answer and that your body does know how to heal. You just got to get the things that are in the way of that healing out of the way. And sometimes it takes a little searching for 
um, what those things are that are in the way. So I, I really like to instill hope and faith for people to not think they have to live with something for the rest of their lives, that there are ways of moving forward. There's always ways of moving forward. That was great. I especially like the part about that there is hope and faith and that you keep have to keep moving forward. Yeah, we need hope and faith. We lose hope and faith and 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 it's it's that it can be devastating for people. So yeah, I would say to people who are struggling and if they're not getting better, keep keep searching and um, there are answers out there. Um, like some of the things that I spoke about today. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to reach out, absolutely. Um, they can reach me through my website at drsherrygreen.com uh, or email, which is drsherrygreen, D-R-Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I-G-R-E-E-N-E at gmail.com. I'm on uh, mostly Instagram. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but uh, you can find me um, with a lot of great information, a lot of different types of um, posts that you might find helpful on Instagram. Thank you. I'll put that in the show notes. And right. thank you for this conversation. Absolutely, Amanda. It was wonderful to talk with you today. And thanks again for having me.